Whoa, here we are here in our are. first episode of Co-Videos. Yes. A little project that came literally on the spur of the moment. Uh, what is our goal here with Co-Videos? Uh, well, our our goal, I guess, is to uh, re-educate ourselves cinematically. Um, you make it sound so fun I and know. spontaneous. I know. Um, <laughs> when do we get our grades? Yes. Well, I guess it kind of came about, like, I have a list of movies that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. So we literally started at the beginning of the list and are going to work our way down. Without organizing the list in any way. Nope. Um, literally just, I mean, your list was built merely out of uh, having a, a thing in your pocket, you know, on your phone. Yep. And then whenever you hear a movie and you're like, oh, that movie and then you just write that down yes and so god knows what's on that list there are a lot of random ones yeah uh there are like maybe two or three studio ghibli films that i haven't seen yet uh but that's kind of rare <laughs> right can't wait uh, for those <laughs> lose that part of the list yeah all right um but yeah um <laughs> it, so it it's really random and it it's could, like the randomizer of, of movies. Yeah, and it could break, you know, from, uh, you know, duck soup to taxi driver. It could just go, right. ah, have to put a collar on yes. your neck because uh, of that whiplash. Yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe there are a couple of depressing ones in a row, too. I don't know. Oh, boy. Which could also be rough. Yeah, maybe we can give ourselves permission to move the list around a little bit. Yeah, maybe. We'll have to see. And I don't really have a list so much. So that's your list. Your list yes. is got to see movies that you haven't seen yes. uh, to continue your filmic education. Exactly. And mine has been more of just, I haven't seen that in a while or sure yeah maybe there's something that i haven't seen like something that's going to appear on here one day is because we were watching a movie with Catherine ross i'm just free associating to i've never seen butch cassidy and the sundance kid so that will be on this one day for sure but i'm just letting myself sort of filmically free associate from there's nothing wrong with property to property yeah Yeah. and just sort of move on uh that way yes um, I actually have seen that. I saw it for my uh, film studies class in high school, actually. So you're you're giving me this look like I want to punch you in the neck right now. <laughs> you had a throat. Uh, you had a uh, you had a film studies school a class in high school. Yes, I did. I had a unit in my AP English class where we watched like three films. Oh, um, what did you watch? Do you remember? Good question. Let's see if I can do this. Um, Oh, you know what? I don't remember. <laughs> it's okay. I remember I don't that know we that watched. I remember all of the ones that we watched. Well, I know. I know that we watched um, Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet, but I think that was for the, our Shakespeare. I have not seen that. I need to put that on my list. Mm. See? Eh. <laughs> eh. That's okay. It's all right. Uh, but I think it might have been for our Shakespeare unit in that class. Okay. Sure. The only remember the movie that I actually remember watching was The Player. Uh, Robert Altman. I have not the seen player. that. Well, <laughs> it's probably it's on your list. Well, I guess I should put it on my list now. Which is a weird choice to make high school kids watch, but it is at the time it was contemporary. It had just you know come out on VHS at that point. Yeah, which places me in the spectrum of birth of the universe, death of the universe. Now you know where I am. Yes. Um, and it was, and it's a movie. It's a sort of a meta commentary about Hollywood. Oh boy! From from the mind of a man who never ever wanted to, or really ever was part of the Hollywood establishment. So right, you'd think like, how can that guy make an interesting satire of Hollywood? And yet he does. And it's a murder mystery that is. Um, well, I shouldn't give it all away now. I'll probably watch it for the show, but yeah, but right. is uh, evokes forties um, and fifties uh, classic noir uh, Hollywood films. Sure, you know, like. Um, yeah. Maltese Falcon. Kiss Me Deadly or Maltese Falcon, uh, Double Indemnity. Yeah, that sort of thing. Sure. Makes Tim Robbins, uh, he goes through the whole cycle of emotions <laughs> okay. from good to bad. All right. Yeah, I could totally see that. Underrated okay. or just rated fine? Uh, you're asking me? Yeah, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins? Uh oh God I I'm I'm not I don't feel like I'm I'm confident enough that I am as familiar with his work to really how many Tim judge. Robbins movies on your list uh I I don't know if I have any 
I, I just added the player, so uh, so that's on my list now. You can't tell us what's on the list. Oh, okay. The list has to be a, a mystery. It has to be. Okay. This is a the worst. Box? This is the absolute worst example, but it's all I can think of right now. Remember in the first season of Arrow, where Oliver Queen, you know, comes back yeah. to Star City or whatever, and he has a list of people that he needs to eliminate to cross off to save Star City. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we don't know who's on the list. And frankly, there is no list. They're just it's just whoever the writers come up with for right. him to attack. Who's next. the bad guy this week? Right. But the list is like the list is is important. I was going to say it's life, but that's a different film. Uh, the list is death in this case. Um, so keep keep your. I know there is a list, but keep it keep it vague. Oh, so I'll we don't keep know it. what's coming. All right, I will shroud protect it in mystery and I, put a veil over it. And I promise to continue to just completely like in the last ten minutes of whatever movie we're watching that was my pick. I guess I'll just start thinking. All right, what are connections to another movie that we can so, then flip to? So I'm going to have an actual list, and yours is just going to be in your head. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I guess that's just doesn't how we that work. define our particular styles, uh, though? Yeah. You're a list maker yeah. and a planner, mm-hmm. and I'm a oh, what's what's this? Let's do that. Yes, I mean there are a couple of films that you've mentioned just in the couple last couple of days, which should be on your list. But you know, well, maybe we'll get back to them. Okay, and maybe right. we won't. I will uh, zip that <laughs> up as well. And it's all zip, in, zip zip. It's all in the service of um, getting a little uh, extratainment. I just branded extratainment, <laughs> so you're welcome, TM. Uh, yeah. You're not going to beat me to the patent office on that, but uh, no, a little extra entertainment for people out there who, of course, are sheltering, hopefully sheltering at home, looking for things to do mm-hmm. um, on our main show, Just Enough Trope, which I encourage you to check out at justenoughtrope.com. If you haven't, um, we talked about how I don't know what people are talking about all this free time. Like I work from home anyway, and so I'm working all the time, even when I'm not. Like outside of working hours, if I'm like, no, oh, I got to do this, then mm-hmm. I get up and do it. And so it's not like I, I don't feel like I have a lot of free time, but I'm in a period right now where a lot of that work has been completed. And so I actually do have a lot of free time. And now I kind of understand how people feel. Like I'm starting to look at that b- pile of puzzles over there and I'm like, I could do a puzzle. <laughs> so this is our, this is my puzzle. Okay. And I'm going to make content instead of just right. making a puzzle, which sure. you just take apart. Okay. Sounds good. And I'm too much of a cheapskate to buy uh, Resident Evil 3 uh, digitally. Oh, really? Yeah. The plan was to go in and just pay for it with trade-ins. Oh, I see. But now i got to drop 60 bucks, $65 on the barrelhead to get the digital copy of Resident Evil 3 remake. Right. And they're not doing trade-ins. So guess right what you're getting anyways. instead? Yeah. Co-videos, baby! <laughs> a title we spent 10 seconds on. Tops. And most of those seconds were, good. is this insensitive? I think this is fine. I think it's fine. So that's where we are. Yes. Well, talk about your first pick. Uh, what did we watch? What was the first thing on your list? Uh, the very first thing on my list was The Karate Kid. The Karate Kid. Yes. Two hours and seven minutes. Longer than you'd think uh-huh. you could karate with a kid. Yes. But uh, very well accepted. Uh, I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is skewed because, you know, 60% of the reviews are just... Uh, dudes in their basement uh, saying, boy, I sure love the Karate Kid because I saw it when I was four. Right. But it's 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's pretty high. Uh, yeah. Um... Totally high. It's directed by John Avildsen. Um, what else has he done? N- nothing you'd know. Rocky oh. Five. Lean on me. Did lean on me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. No, he did the first Rocky. That's right. He did do the first Rocky. Okay. And got an Academy Award for All that. Right. Sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, starring Ralph Macchio, uh, Pat Morita, Elizabeth Shue. Yes. Um, and people, no, nobody ever mentions um, Randy Heller, but she's uh, she's really great, too. She's on Soap. The and mom. I, yeah. And I feel like she's played a lot of um, mom characters. She was like. Uh, she was a great she, mom. Yeah. She wasn't even that old in um, in Karate Kid. No. She's probably in her you know mid-30s. Yeah. But um, she played, um, I don't know, she was Rizzo on 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 Broadway and oh uh, I could see that some other stuff oh and I should sure. mention she was Ida Blankenship in uh, Mad Men oh remind me who Ida was oh who's that <laughs> remember when Don was like really going off the rails and he was getting in trouble gosh and so much much of the time I think this was after Megan right he like um, he uh, bedded and married Megan yeah and then they're like all right Don we gotta put a leash on you and so they gave him like a really old secretary he was like you got an appointment at 4 <laughs> right, p.m right, right. i'm yes. taking my break well, that was her yeah <laughs> that's her 
Okay. Nice. Uh, all right. I, I didn't realize she was that old now, but I guess, you know, the 80s were a while ago. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, cool. Yeah. So, The Karate Kid. So, The Karate Kid. How did you miss The Karate Kid? I don't know. I mean, okay, this is going to be my answer for maybe a fair amount of these that, like, came out in the 80s. Coma? Uh, no. Oh. Um, I was born, born in the early <coughs> 80s. Dry throat, not not COVID. Yeah. Just, just coughing. Yeah. I was born in the early 80s, and I was the oldest kid. So I think I lost, I lost, I, I missed out on a lot of movies, I think, because of that. Yeah. If my if my folks didn't think, oh, she might really like this. You know, and I didn't necessarily explicitly ask to go see something. I, I might have, you know, just completely missed out on seeing it. Um, And this, when did this come out again? It 84. Was 84, yeah. Um, I was like really, really, really little then. So. Uh, right. But I also know that you, your family is early adopters of a lot of technology. You guys probably true. had a beta. You were probably too young to see your dad throw his Betamax out because it lost yeah, I don't the format war. Like that. Yeah. But I know that you have a basement just chock-a-block with VHS tapes. So I'm surprised that the Karate Kid didn't didn't land somewhere in there. Well, you know, we didn't finish the basement until I was in high school. This is, this is the, a I lot know. of information. I know. Perhaps the wrong information. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. we had. I mean, we had a lot of, like, Disney movies and stuff like that. And it's not like I was, like, explicitly into martial arts or anything like that. So I think it's fairly understandable that I missed this one. Um, however, I mean... I did have friends that were like into movies and had older siblings. So in that respect, I don't know how I missed it, you know? Yeah. Like probably some like sleepover or something. Like why <clears throat> why didn't I see Well, I would just assume kid? like, yeah, I suppose. I mean, you know, I, Daniel LaRusso played by Ralph Macchio is a is a good-looking little get little guy there. Yeah, he is. So I maybe girls would want to see it, but it does seem like a, a karate kid movie would not necessarily fall within the um quadrant of the uh 10 year old girl right uh, going to a sleepover right so. right yeah so i think that's why i missed it that's yeah. that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm going with also i was like when we went to the video store um i was completely obsessed with disney's robin hood and for years i just rented that every single time that's i don't i don't want to hear it <laughs> That's so. That's too bad. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Daniel San, a karate kid. Yeah. He moves from uh, New Jersey. Hey, I'm moving here, <laughs> and he moves to California, Reseda yes. in yes. the valley, and he's got a he's a fish out of water. Yeah. And he starts at a new school, mm-hmm. but this school, a lot of bu- lot of blonde bullies in this school. There are a lot of problems. Yeah. And he meets a cute little girl uh, played by Elizabeth Shue. Yes. And things are going well, but these bullies keep keep getting in the way. Yeah. Like, Breaking uh, consumer electronics yeah. and, at beach parties. <laughs> no good. Yeah, Cobra Kai is bad news. Yeah. And it isn't until uh, Daniel meets the handyman at the apartment complex that he yes. lives in, which they were moving to California. And I don't know, Daniel is a good kid, but he is a self-conscious kid. And so he, um, like a lot of kids uh, who are self-conscious, has learned to lie with incredible facility. And so I never got if he was lying about his mom's job and computers or or what. But they move all the way out to California, and she don't have no computer job. She's working at... Uh, the Orient Express restaurant. Oh, was she working there? Yeah, wasn't she? I couldn't tell. Like, I because thought... she got him a shift meal. You know, he was having a little oh, little steak freeze. That what was happening. Yeah, and she and said... she's trying to get him on as a, to work there. You know, uh, as a busboy or something like that. Oh, I didn't get that. I, I I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, she said something about I'm making more than I could ever make, uh, like with computers. Right. So that fad. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, why why do you have to move all the way out to California cuz you've got a job at a restaurant? Yeah, they're not in Silicon Valley. That's the right, it's a different valley. It so. doesn't it doesn't make it Okay. It it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. But uh okay. Well, and uh the pool is crappy at yeah. their apartment. Well, you blame Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe this guy's not the best handyman. <laughs> 
<laughs> your trees look your trees look great. Right. It's time to work on that pool. Right. Uh, I, I your your chopstick skills through the roof. But it is winter though, isn't it? Because he moves there. The the big tournament is on like December seventeenth. Uh huh. Close to Christmas. Was that hard? Yeah. And he gets. Uh, you know, we assume that he's moving so he can matriculate in a, in a timely manner and not miss a lot of school, right? So it's probably yeah. like moving there in the fall. A couple months go by. He waxes on, he waxes off, and he's ready for the karate tournament. No, I think you're right because... Uh... So may, people in California, I mean, it's I can see them swimming less. You probably still take advantage if it's a warm winter's day, but you're going yeah. to swim less. I, I guess I see what you're saying. Uh, I mean, they, they do play Cruel Summer, like yeah. at the very beginning of school, so I think you this get was, the idea that this is school starting. I think this year. was the debut of Cruel Summer by Banana Rama. This is before it so was too. on uh, on a, an album or something like that. I'm sure it was on the radio, but so yeah, yeah uh, Mr. Miyagi is not all that he seems. He's not just uh, well, he is an eccentric handyman for a crappy yes. apartment b- building in Reseda, California. Yes, but he also um, has a lot of depth and a lot of classic cars. Yes. Did we ever find out who doesn't drive? What? (laughs) Yeah. What he did when he came back from the war to maybe he worked in software or something. But he has a lot of money because he's got. Well, maybe that that oil derrick we see in the background of his of his uh, living on you know because he he lives like uh, in this in a junkyard or like by a junkyard. So maybe that oil derrick's really paying off or something. But but. Like got some Daniel, nice cars. He's got a Zen garden in the back. Yeah, and... Danielson asked him about it, and he and he's like, "Not everything is as it seems." <laughs> yeah, so I guess. So do you not have the oil rig? Like, do you just live there? Do you get the lamb for cheap? What? 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 Yeah. What is the deal? Why do you have so many classic cars? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I have a feeling we don't know what he did. But he must have done okay for himself and just wants to keep busy, and that's why he works at the He apartment. sold the burger joint. That's what it was. Oh. No, don't own. It's a, no. It's a happy day's joke. Oh, that's right. Anyway. I, I, I totally bought into it. I, I'm too gullible. Well, you never know <laughs> what, we're, what we're doing unless I say, what'd you think of the movie? Yeah. That opens the floodgates <laughs> or the sluice gates. I've learned a lot about sluice no. gates playing Resident Evil games recently. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of the movie? Um, I liked it. I, I, you know, I had some knowledge of what it was going to be like uh, b- before watching it. I had heard that Mr. Miyagi had him do a, a several tasks and then he was basically teaching him karate uh, through those tasks. Yeah. So I had heard that before actually seeing it. Um, but I wasn't sure what it was going to be like, you know, and I, I didn't know that, like, this is the first person he's ever taught how to do karate and yeah. that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, I, I that so basically that's what I knew about the movie is like Mr. Miyagi teaches him moves while he does chores. Yeah, that's that, that's that all I knew culturally, osmotically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but I thought, you know, I thought it was really good. I um, I I like that that Daniel had this thing for Allie. But, you know, the these guys are such bullies. They were just freaking terrible. And like the Cobra Kai karate guys and like their sensei, like, ooh man, you just hate them. Yeah. You know? They're just like like the like just completely rude and like no redeeming qualities and you know, and uh you know, even even at the end you just uh you just don't like them. Uh and and Daniel's a good kid and he's just having a real rough time. Um but I, I think his relationship with Mr. Miyagi is really cool. Um, he even says to him at one time, you're the best friend I've ever had, which I think is, like, really, really sweet. Uh, and Mr. Miyagi's like, yeah, you were pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I really, Mr. Miyagi's story, like, what you hear about his wife and his kid. Yeah. It's really I, sad. And Yeah. For, well... I don't. Um, I wasn't old enough to really get a sense of this mm. uh, in the eighties. That you know, the Japanese were basically just the bad guys of in, World War Two. Uh, yeah, but it, but the bad guys of like um, the economic sphere. So, oh, sure. uh, you know, movies like um, 
uh, Gung Ho or well, that might have been China or uh, no, no, Gung Ho. That was Japanese. I haven't seen Or um, Black Rain or something like that. It's all, Rain. you know, oh, these Japanese, they're buying up all the land. They're buying up all the land in California. They're going to own us all. Uh, okay. That, you know, that was the thing. And so for a movie in 1984 to not, this is a fun high school yeah. kick movie. Yes. They're not going to go too deep into it, but to bring up, you know, the idea that his wife was in an internment camp, you know, yes. and probably died in childbirth because of poor care. Yeah. And he was serving in one of the um, the Nisei uh, uh, regiments. I think it was the 442nd uh, Regiment, you know, World War Two. Yeah. So he's somebody who, like, put in his time and kind of got screwed by the, the country that he served, and yet he's still, I mean, he got a lot of cars, so something went right. But um, that's all, like, there's. it's really only presented in one scene, yeah. but they didn't have to do it. No. And yeah, I mean, this this idea of like an older mentor and a younger uh, student is not nothing new to American cinema. But no. yeah, it's just like I, 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 it's so it's so strong and it's done so well. And it's it's one of those things that's just like it's like Miyagi says in the movie. You didn't he say this in the movie? Hmm, what? Is this, or am I thinking of something else? Oh, no, I'm thinking of Rambo. Oh, are you thinking of Rambo? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Uh, we just watched Rambo recently, too. So. Well, I was going to say that, like, it's, uh, you know, the whole thing about a sculptor and, like, you know, he, he carves a tiger out of a block of marble and they go, how do you carve the tiger so well? And he's like, the tiger's in the marble. I just took the parts away that right. we're covering up the tiger. Right. It, that's like this this uh, uh, karate kid, like, dynamic went on to be... It's now a thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's in so many other things, and there are so many other Karate Kid movies, too, um, that it just, yeah, I mean, it hit some chord. It just, um, maybe it beat people in submission for two hours and seven minutes. It's probably too well, long. I, I think... But I don't know I don't know what I'd cut out, but it's it's um, probably too long. In fact, it, the I think we both agree that the tournament at the end is not long enough. Yeah. Like, the tournament's like... Last ten minutes. Yeah, it's a, we're building up to this whole thing. Yes, it's like bam, 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 bam. Oh, you did it! You're the best around. Right, right, right. I know. <laughs> Which, by the way, is a song that was originally. Everybody thinks of "Eye of the Tiger" as being the Rocky song. "Eye of the Tiger" didn't show up until I think Rocky three, oh. and "You're the Best" was originally written for Rocky three. But Stallone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. and so they got "Eye of the Tiger" instead. So this that song was originally written for for, for Rocky. Rocky. And they put it in Karate Kid instead. Yeah, but this is a very oh guys. Now that I think about it, I take all the Tiger stuff back because this is just Rocky for karate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Screw this movie. Whoa, um, we also compared it to um, which Van Damme movie was it? Was it Bloodsport? Bloodsport came after. Yes, Bloodsport is just an adult Karate Kid. Movie. It is. Yeah. I agree with you. Because um, they both kind of know karate already. Yes. Right. Yes. Because Daniel took trained. YMCA classes. Yeah. So he understands basic principles of karate. And I don't remember the character's name in Bloodsport, but he was like an aerobics and like a Taibo teacher or whatever. And then yeah, he comes yeah, yeah. over and has to learn real karate. Yes. Or Muay Thai, excuse me. Yes, Muay Thai. Uh, yeah. Um, and there's a girl in both stories. Although, and there's a girl. Uh, nobody gets... <laughs> Nobody gets raped in, in Karate Kid. Yeah, well, nobody had Thank to say that either. Goodness, but sorry. Um, <laughs> well, I think okay. Going back, going back to Karate Kid, and I think this is implied. Um, but you know, he he was gonna have a son, but his kid died in childbirth. So so Daniel's son is kind of like, you know, it's he's kind of like his kid. Like he's passing on karate which he learned from his dad you know yeah. to this young boy yeah. and um you know so and he's he's very proud of him and of course you know he wins the tournament in the end and yeah. it's really great um somehow somehow we don't know how many he, points he hurt his leg there are really bad yeah i know right <laughs> uh like, and we were saying, you know, might be good to have like so they both got two points, points and yeah. then johnny punches him in the face so that he wins, right? But no, that's... Somehow not, not... I guess that was an illegal hit. Yeah. But then Daniel, like, kicks him in the face or punches him in the face later, but that's fine. Punches him, like, behind the head or this something is, like that? Yeah, this is probably the plot of Cobra Kai, right? The YouTube show? Yeah, Which I'm never right. going to watch. But, right. you know, that follows Johnny as an adult. And yes. so I can see him being like, it's too bull- I should have won the All-Valley Karate Tournament. Right. It's bullshit. 
like even though like at the end he's like he does a total <laughs> flip and is right. like you're the greatest man what what right which is like i think the, the most unrealistic part about the the film if you ask really me. yeah that's the but that's the i guess top gun came after this too but that's the top gun you can ride my tail anytime. Or, yeah, or right, right, right. I mean, it makes sense, and and we've talked about this too. No, like, you can ride mine, right? Like, the movie just kind of ends very abruptly yeah. after the tournament. I mean, what else would you do? Save it for the sequel, but, right? Save exactly, it for the sequel. exactly. So, yeah, I mean, would you recommend it? Absolutely. Yeah, it was fun, um, and it was it was fun watching him learn karate and he didn't know he was learning it you know and that that scene where where uh, mr miyagi is like basically testing him on the moves and like throwing punches and kicks his way and just blocking them that's pretty cool i um i i i um it's like the i'm your father luke um yeah it's it's a thing that like once you see it, it it doesn't really hit the same but i remember when i saw a karate kid i didn't that blew me away. I was like, he's, he's was learning karate the whole time. <laughs> and if you go back and you watch any Shaw Brothers film or any Jackie Chan film, you know, from the 70s, sure. it's the same thing. It's like he makes Jackie Chan chop wood or do sit-ups or whatever okay. or, or uh, sure. fill a water bucket. And yeah. It's, that's, that's the training. So Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so it was definitely But I was like, oh, he was doing – I got to go paint some fences. <laughs> I gotta get my strength up. Maybe I'll get a car. Right. And gotta, Elizabeth's shoe. Got a balance on a, yeah. a rowboat. <laughs> Practice that soccer ball thing. Yeah, got that exactly. going too. Yeah. Well, are you ready for that whiplash we were talking about? Yes. All right. The film that I chose to watch for co videos was Sullivan's Travels. Yes. A 1941 comedy film written and directed by Preston Sturges. Mm hmm. Uh, a guy who was huge in like the uh, you know the twenties maybe but definitely the thirties and into the forties and then kind of like disappeared like he made a bunch of really successful movies, um, but dealing with you know comedy but also drama and uh, made Sullivan's Travels which of course I think at the time people liked but there there are other films that he had done that um, I think people would say were stronger or more memorable okay like like what oh um the lady eve probably i feel like i've heard of that before yeah um and now i'm trying to think of some other ones too okay sorry um, i asked you a tough question well it's uh, that's okay i've I, look 85 year old movies i got a whole list of them in my head don't worry about it uh yeah but anyway um yeah this is a film about a uh a movie director Mm-hmm. who is making and he's like a he wants to be like a serious director mm-hmm. i get the idea in the film that he has made like a bunch of kind of screwball comedies but it, he really wants to like reach out and touch people yeah. with his like you know agitprop like films and like yes it, 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 the film opens you're like oh it's a comedy and it opens with two guys trying to murder each other on top of a train yeah and we find out that we're watching a screening of his latest film and the producers hate it and he's like don't you understand this man is capital and this man is uh you know the 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 workers of the world or whatever uh his communism and they're and they're fighting and they're gonna kill they're gonna destroy each other right i'm trying right. to get that pick that, that out there yeah and they're like nobody cares what are you what are you talking about right and so he decides that his next film is going to be an adaptation of a book called oh brother where art thou uh-huh which is i'm just guessing it sounds like a grapes of wrath-esque so i don't think it's a real book Okay. Uh, it, it obviously went on to inspire the Cohen brothers, Old Brother okay, Wright, that, which that's is their which is their gloss on Preston Surges. That's oh, what they're doing. I didn't realize Surges. that. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I think a lot of their output is is very Preston Surges, mm-hmm. you know, not just Old Brother Wright, though. Mm-hmm. And so he wants to make this, you know, it's about the plight of the the American worker. And remember, this is all before like this movie like screened like the day before like Pearl Harbor happened. I don't you think and I it, were talking about. I don't this. think it released until later in the month, but like yeah. it was screened for critics, you know, around or maybe just after Pearl Harbor, and which so, is crazy. Which kind of hurt its reputation because a lot of people are like, "Who cares? It's it's not time for this now. This is this is you releasing the the Master of Disguise, you know, two weeks after nine eleven happens. Like right. nobody wants Turtle Turtle right now, right?" 
Listen to me. Listen to me. You listen to me, Mr. Carvey. No one wants your turtle turtle. Or we're at war. So, um, so yeah. So he's a, he decides that he's going to go to the costume department and get a tramp costume. And yeah. he's going to just ride the rails and sojourn across this land of ours, mm-hmm. you know, Woody Guthrie style. Right. Uh, and, you know, learn about the working man. Right. And the he's film never is, had a job. And the, he's never had a job. And the, so the film is about his efforts to do that, which are constantly sort of stymied in a funny way. He keeps ending up back where he started and like, we're going to do it this time. And they start yeah. off again. Um, and I won't even say that much more because you don't have to say a lot to get what the movie's about. But the movie, I think, will surprise you as you as you watch it because it eventually it will land on a theme of like, oh yeah, it's it is important mm-hmm. to um, make movies that entertain people and don't doesn't just teach them things. Yeah. Absolutely. That being said, I love being taught things by films, <laughs> and I'm afraid that the film comes down a little too easy on. Oh, I just make people laugh. You're gonna come yeah. after. Watch Click. You're going to come after Adam Sandler? He's just wow. trying to make people laugh. Right. It doesn't ask at all like whether the films that he's going to make now that he's inspired to make comedic films are going to be good films or not. Or right. they'll just be, you know, the ludicrous six or whatever. <laughs> whatever the last shitty Adam Sandler uh, Netflix film was. Yeah, yeah. I I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but you're right. Um, And it doesn't really hold them accountable. And, and you get the impression that, that the producers have both painstakingly read Oh Brother, Where Out Thou and are now really upset that he's decided he's not going to do it because there was all this publicity that he was going to do it. And so so they were unhappy in the beginning because he wanted to do something serious. Now they're unhappy because he wants to do a comedy. Um, so, you know, he just he can't win as far as that goes. But, you know, I mean, the guy has a pretty good life. Um, you know, all things considered and, um, but he does get himself into some, some screwball, uh, situations and and a lot of them are, are are quite funny. Um, and, uh, and of course he meets, uh, Veronica Lake's character who is just simply the girl. Um, yeah, listen, listen, what the whole, first of all, I should hate this movie Whoa, because it's. And Hollywood should have loved it because it's about Hollywood. Right. I know what you mean. When Hollywood gets a chance to put its head between its legs and S its own D, like, you know, those movies are usually really well received. Mm -hmm. But they're usually very myopic because Hollywood cannot criticize itself. True. That's why it takes, and it wasn't an accident, it takes someone like Robert Altman to make a movie like The Player because he's been sitting outside of the thing for the entire time, shaking his head, and now he's ready to make a Hollywood satire mm-hmm. that begins with Buck Henry going in and pitching The Graduate too. Right. <laughs> it's just like, so, you know, whether or not Preston Churches is really qualified to make this criticism, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, but it's a film that, you know, is kind of criticizing the system that's in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so because it is dealing with the idea of what you need. Remember, this is like, I don't think, Meta? Meta? Is that how you say it? I'm not sure that had been invented just yet. Right. But it is trying to make a meta commentary on picture making. Mm -hmm. And that's why it opens at, at the end of another movie. And then, you know, you've got the girl in a right. movie like this. Right, right, right. She is, and sorry, Nathan Rabin, I know you hate it, but you came up with something that, that works. You, She is the manic pixie dream girl sort of in this situation. She is. And so, you know, she's, yeah, it'd be cool if she had a name. But I yeah. think that she is positioned as the girl, the girl that you find in these movies. When a rich, privileged white guy goes off on a journey of self-discovery mm-hmm. to Elizabethtown or wherever it is, right. you find the girl, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think, I think he didn't waste any brain sweat on giving her a name because she's literally the girl. Yeah. At the I end know. of the movie, when everything is at its worst, uh, you know, uh, the uh, Sullivan's like, this movie really needs a plot twist. And then he comes up with a plot twist that changes the entire movie all around. Now, yeah. he doesn't look into the camera when he says it, no. but that's basically the screenwriter, Sturges, going like, watch this. I'm going to change the whole movie now because I'm going to come up with a plot twist. I know. 
And what a plot twist it is. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it it's just like, I, I think I turned to you and was like, well, that's not funny. Um, and like, but uh, yeah, like every, uh, there are some really great sequences in this. Um, I think uh, very early on, I think it's the first time he sets out to, to do this journey. Yeah. And his, his crew, who, he, all these, he has all these people that work for him. And or work for the studio and therefore work for him. Yeah. Uh, and they basically have decided they're going to follow him in a in a bus. They call it the the land yacht. Yes. Yeah. It, it's 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 a luxury bus cruiser or what have you. Yeah. And he wants nothing more but to lose them. So there's this character that comes speeding along in a car. And I think it's it's supposed to be a young woman, right? Like I think it's a boy. Is a is it a boy? I okay. think it's a boy. All right. Anyway, I could be wrong. Okay. Um, There'd be no way to find out. No, I know. Um, so there there there's a character that comes speeding along in the car, and they're like, "Uh, you want to ride? I hop in." And like you know, they they they're like, "I I can like you know I go really fast and." He looks over at the speedometer and it's just written in chalk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a great moment. And then like they just go zipping along so much so and it's all sped up, you yes. know, or it's yeah, it's uh, over or undercranked. Yes. And, and like the bus is speeding after them and everybody <laughs> it just keeps is like back to everybody in the bus who's just, you know, like in a like a rock uh, polisher. They're just going around tumbling yes. all over each other. And, and the guy the the cook is like I know. He's, you know, spills the thing and then he hits his head in the refrigerator and then the eggs fall on him and then he's like upside down in the sink and yeah, it's um It just progressively gets worse for for all of them, but I think the yeah. cook gets it the worst. Yeah. And like at one point uh, they hit something and his head pops out of the roof. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's, and they're speeding yeah. along so fast that a cop is like, oh, I'm going to go after him. And then he gets like mud in his face because they sped by him. And like, yeah. Uh, so that's a pretty great uh, yeah. sequence. Yeah, it's um, it, it uh, <laughs> this it shouldn't work because it absolutely wants to do everything if this was a an adaptation situation right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is both movies this is both uh charlie kaufman and donald kaufman's movie all together in one like yeah. it shouldn't work right because it goes from having uh, a cook's head bust through the uh brushed aluminum of the yeah. roof of the land yacht yeah to uh, a bunch of prisoners in chains marching row by row into a black church in the middle of Slaughter Swamp, Louisiana. Where are they? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and uh, and watching a, a goofy movie and losing their shit. I know. There was no way to just have people go, this is great back then, oh, was there? no. It's like the guys in, um, it's like uh, Shawshank Redemption, right? They're watching They're watching Gilda, right? Uh-huh. And um, they're all pretty happy. And then she flips her hair and they all kind of go, woo! They're all yeah. excited about it. Right. But mostly it's just Morgan Freeman with a half chub just being like, this is, I love this. This is great. This is way better than being in prison. Right. But no, when we watch the, the, the Pluto cartoon, everybody has to be like literally shitting themselves. So we know, oh, they're happy. I know. I know. <laughs> they're like. <laughs> I mean, and the, it's like they, they go to the, all the reactions of, of, of the prisoners and then also the parishioners of the church. Yeah, everybody's loving it. Everybody has a similar ridiculous reaction. Everybody loves it. Yeah. And I mean, there were parts of it. It's like, yeah, okay, it, it, it's flypaper. It's Pluto. <laughs> okay, well, you can't you know. rate. You can't rate a, a Disney cartoon from the '30s. No, I know, but like parts of it, it's like, okay, yeah, it's funny. You know, but he I'm wanted not to do... laughing hysterically. I can't. I don't remember the the way it was presented. Like if it was shot. Like if we just see the screen. If it was practically being projected. You know. What oh I mean? yeah, I see what you're saying. Because he wanted Chaplin. Oh really? And Chaplin said no. Ah. I don't know why. Really? Well, he's a competitor. Chaplin was a you know he's a competitive guy, so maybe he was just like, no, I don't want to put my stuff in your movie. Forget it. And so they did a Disney anyway. Um, Which so I, I think you were like, it must not have been cheap because this was not a a Disney produced film. No, of course not. So yeah, um, uh, but they yeah they definitely wanted something recognizable. Yeah. Um, which is completely understandable. So yeah, it's fine. But he wanted yeah. to, he wanted to do Chaplin, and he kind of he kind of ends up um, 
homaging Chaplin a little bit in um, Veronica Lake's um, tramp oh, costume. Oh, yeah. She's basically, point. she's just kind of the tramp. She's got she the is. little hat and she's got the big pants. And, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, she's pretty great in this. She is. She's she's very funny. Uh, I mean, she's, she's gorgeous, but she's she's actually really funny. She's like it's okay, I think, for Sullivan to be um, not. He's a director and not a movie star, but mm. the movie star playing him needs to be more of a movie star. I know Joel McRae was in like a, a ton of things as well, but she's like running circles around him, and like I don't, he's not really giving her much back. I don't well, think. she's super charismatic, like super. Like, even, like, gosh, I mean, I, I know the lighting was just right. He meets her at the cafe in, in Hollywood. But, like, I mean, she's she's a down-on-her-luck actress. But, man, you could never tell that by looking at her. Her hair is, like, perfectly coiffed. She's got, like, this She's, like, in the evening gown or something. Yeah. yeah, I know. But they, they locked her out of her apartment or whatever. And we never <laughs> Where really she find was just out lounging why. around in an evening yeah, gown. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, they couldn't have put her in jeans because she was five to six months pregnant shooting this entire film. What? Yeah. Wow. She got hired and she and she was like 19 or 20, I think, when this <gasps> movie was shot. But she, and she got pregnant and I think she told Edith Head was the customer. So she told uh, Edith Head and. I think maybe she might have told the director's wife or something like that, but she didn't tell anybody until wow. they had to start showing up, you know, on set. And Sturgis was mad. <laughs> like, he was understandably mad, but they made a lot of it work just by she wears these big dresses yeah. and, and uh, the bathrobe, you know, thing, yes. and then the baggy pants and stuff like that. So you, you can't ever tell. But well, I was wondering, like, so they, they fall in the pool at his place. And he has a woman's bathrobe, and he has, like, this hairbrush. Mm-hmm. Are, is that left over from when his wife Possibly. used to live there? Possibly. Or does he just have women's clothes on hand because he's he a wealthy may. guy? He is a, a gentleman about town. Yeah. Uh, who uh, is uh, well-to-do. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, you have to. It's just, just courteous. All right. But yeah, he's got a wife. Yeah, I know. But I don't think she lives with him. At least no. she hasn't for a really long time. No. If she ever did. Uh, and we, you know, we get the, it was never romantic with them. So. This movie was um, actually uh, refused by the uh, Office of Censorship uh, for distribution overseas. Really? Why? Because it was a very sensitive time being the advent of oh. our participation in World War II. Okay. And they didn't like the scenes showing the chain gangs um, in the poor church they thought it was they didn't want people to think outside of america for propaganda purposes they didn't want people to think that we did this to our prisoners or that there were people who were as poor and abject as these people now of course there were but we didn't want anybody to think that well that's really silly yeah um how how are we supposed to treat our prisoners just what? a question. I um, mean, maybe putting not, them in like... the box. I don't think that helps. Anything. No. Uh, no yeah. Uh, true. Having them dig a river. <laughs> what were they doing? I'm not sure. It's <laughs> unclear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the and the guy who's in charge of that is not the nicest guy. I guess he could be worse. But um, the guy who helps him. Yeah. He's he's pretty nice. Yeah. So as much as you can be to prisoners. So yeah. Um. But yeah, he, uh, yeah, he has it has some uh, unfortunate things happen to him after he thinks he's done with his journey of unfortunate things. And it's funny that because if this was, you know, there are a lot of movies like this. Overboard comes to mind, right? Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Goldie Hawn falls off a boat, and I don't. <laughs> I think I first saw that on TV. I haven't seen Overboard in a long time. Oh man! But uh, I don't know at what point it comes, but I'm assuming relatively early that she falls off the boat, right? Yes. And then it's yes. that's you know end of the first act. Yeah. He doesn't get his like real like hard look at life until like the end of the second act. Yes. You know the beginning of the third. Yes. It's a normal. Any other movie would be he set. Maybe you do one or two abortive things. He meets Veronica Lake. They set off. They end up back at his apartment or whatever, eating toast. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no, I'm really going to do it. And then, you know, he gets a hit over the head or something like that. And then the second act is like, he's learning about 
he runs into Tom Joad, you know, and he's learning about the working man or whatever. Right. But instead, they cram it all into, like, the last 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. And, like, it's just, like, like you said, it takes this real turn. And uh, it's it's unexpected, yeah. I think, too. Um, and uh, Especially when he, uh, you know, he's sort of... He he did kind of make the rounds. He did in the second act. So yeah. you figure like, okay, he I think he understands now. Yeah. Uh, and then like, whoa, no, you're gonna get um, a real big education here. Yeah, right. And then his conclusion at the end of it is like, people need to laugh. Yeah, there's that's why. So 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody mm-hmm. likes this movie. Mm-hmm. Nobody doesn't does not like this movie. Yeah. Um, but the the best takeaway. It's the best argument ever for. Rich white liberals just stay out of politics and stay out of helping. Yeah. No carpet baggers, please. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like if he had done nothing, everything would be fine. Right. And a, and a, and a, a rail yard bull would have all his teeth still. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, nothing changes. I know. Except uh, a cook uh, has a pretty good lawsuit against the people that made that land yacht. <laughs> You know, it's like him being involved does nothing. We all hate the movie where the white guy, they're usually Tom Cruise movies, the white guy comes in and it's like, whoa, he's Xing better than anyone's ever Xed before. Like The Last Samurai. Uh, samurai, yeah. uh, Indians, or whatever, yeah, you yes. know, whatever it is. Top yes. Gunning, whatever it is. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, and he does, uh, Sullivan does not do that. <laughs> Sullivan no. cannot survive in this world. No, he's And then just leaves the it and goes, tramp. I'm never going back there. Right. And I love my solid gold fittings. And also, I'll just make funny movies from now on so poor people can laugh. Yeah. It's like, what kind of message is that? And then it just kind of ends. Yeah. So, yeah. He's never going to make Oh Brother, Where Art, though. I know. Not, not just like, now is not the time for it. Maybe I'll get back to it later. Well, I think, I don't think he's never not going to make serious movies yeah but since there is no Sullivan's travels to yes travel boogaloo right 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 we don't ever see him return to serious pictures yeah. or make films now with a, a broader sensibility or um uh, a, a broader um concept of what people need when they need it uh-huh yeah exactly did anybody ask me if I needed parasite no <laughs> I just made it and now we got par- I don't know uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, though. I thought, you know, it was, I thought it was a, a really genuinely funny film. Um, you know, it could have just, it, it, it had, like, uh, cartoon moments, but yeah. they were, they were genuinely funny. Yeah. Uh, I didn't feel like it was forced, um, you know, and yeah, and I thought the performances were great. Yeah, mm. and it's 1941. It's still, you know, it's, it's early. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jimmy Stewart is still doing, um, you know, romantic comedies or whatever. Oh, no, I guess he's still, he's moving into like Frank Capra stuff at this point. But um, so it, I was impressed at uh, the way it was shot because yeah. it could have been just very static. And there's a lot of interesting angles and a lot of interesting moves and, and, um, it's just a very kinetic picture, mm-hmm. which serves to heighten the live action cartoon segments of it. But the, you know, the montage, the Skid Row montage, you know, there's a lot of interesting things happening there and it's very affecting and, and the music's great. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great movie, but now with my more you know, critical head on, mm-hmm. it's the first time I've seen it where I've really thought about what is it actually saying? I don't know if I like what it's saying. I don't. I think it's saying as much know. as... I don't even as, know if it knows what it's saying. No, I don't And know. it's something that it's a victim of history because it's... Because of when it Lessons w- are almost immediately worthless. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And because of because of what happened in World War II and what happened after in World War II, um, just like economic boom and the expansion of the military industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'd like to see that movie that we see at the end of the, the film. I wonder that's probably pretty good, where <laughs> capitalism is, is fighting uh, right. communism. Uh, but no, I'm just saying. Like, it, I think it, the the whatever lesson it had is completely invalidated, or maybe not. Who knows? But we'll never know now because the world is totally different and is not going to go back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. Right. If I could have been in, it, it, it premiered, I guess, in Portugal on December fifth, nineteen forty-one. So two days before Pearl Harbor. So if I spoke Portuguese and I was able to just sit down in the theater on December 5th, 
Maybe I would have just loved the movie, but now it always just seems a little bit haunted to me. Yeah, and and you know, there, there's nothing you can really do about it. If you know, there are certain moments that that just kind of change the course of history and you know Pearl Harbor is definitely one of those Mm. so and there's no way you could have predicted that um so it's just it's just kind of ill-timed which is it's too bad it's too bad um but I I do I do think it is a lot of fun and you know I'm glad it has 100% it's kind of amazing considering when it did come out um but I guess people always need to laugh, so... Turtle. Turtle. <laughs> well, I think that's probably it for our first episode of Co-Videos. Yes. So hopefully we entertained you some. Uh, do you have opinions about these films? Let us know. Uh, find us out on Facebook and Twitter and social media. Come on, glasses. Get out of my way. Uh, <laughs> at Just Enough Trope, all one word, on your social medias. And let us know what you think. Um, she has a list, uh, but I, I don't. Do. So, actually, you know, things, the list isn't carved into cuneiform tablets or whatever. So maybe a suggestion could add something to the list. Yeah. Or maybe a suggestion could jog my free association to go in a particular direction. So if there's a certain movie or something that you want to hear about, uh, that's a possibility. And you should let us know on those social medias. In the meantime, check out all of the shows on the Just Enough Trope network at justenoughtrope.com or at justenoughtrope on Twitter. We've got shows about... Pretty much every element of pop culture you can imagine. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, like, comic books. I want to do a video game show, but I okay. need an angle. Oh, you, need, you need an angle? Yeah. Video games you've played. I don't know. Um, no, that's every other fat guy's show. This well, fat guy needs a needs a, a an, his own angle. Uh, I, I I don't have an idea for you right now. Well, I bet people would if they found us at Just Enough Trope on social media. Uh, we'll be back probably sooner than you think uh, with another episode of Co Videos because, of course, we're trapped just like you. Yes. Uh, but when life gives you COVID, you make COVID. Whoa. No, life gives you Corona. You. Drink some Coronas. <laughs> Except you can't because yeah. the Corona has stopped uh, shipping or bottling or, or whatever Are they do. Are you serious? Yeah. <gasps> I mean, I'm sure a lot of beers have, but this is, we've been waiting, you know, the people who at AAP or whatever, right? The oh, stories are just like, is, no. it, is, it, is it done? Is it done? Oh Hit send on a story that was written weeks ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so anyway. <laughs> Uh, but we will be back soon to uh, entertain you in this uh, trying time. Mm-hmm. But we can spare an egg and even more in this trying time for you. So tune in next time uh, and we'll be back then. Uh, until then, I don't have a cool sign-off yet. What? Uh, I, I'm Egon Hanna. Um, well, I'm, I'm Caliban. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the sign-off? Um, uh, ooh. Uh, uh, Two seconds. uh, Social social distancing? Um, She's not not our branding czar. I'm not good. (laughs) We'll see you Uh, next time. uh,